The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. What is going on, my Ghost Squad? Welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is episode number 316. We are streaming live, as always, on YouTube to over 150 countries worldwide. If you're watching this live, go ahead and say something out there in the comments. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. If you're watching this replay or listening to this in podcast form, the conversation does not have to stop here. Go ahead and utilize those comment sections below. And if you're listening to some podcasts, go ahead and give us a good rating over there. If you like what you're hearing, it does help in the grand scheme of things. If you like to call or text in, yes, you can call or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. It's scrolling right down below. If you're a veteran, really anybody, especially if you're a veteran, and you're in that darkness, you're in that hole, you're, you're looking for the light, whatever, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a decent ear to listen to you, maybe talk you through some stuff and all of that. If you are looking to find something to get you some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. There is a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255, the Veteran Crisis Hotline. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check out all your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. Let's take this off of my ugly mug and bring in everybody here from the GOA, standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. We have John, the soulless ginger bastard. What's up, man? What's up, homie? Been a uh, been a minute. It's been a minute. You have been crazy busy, but there's also been a lot of craziness, uh, and mostly in a good way, uh, when it comes to court systems and all that. So, uh, say hello to everybody, but also take two minutes for two way and, and kind of catch people up, if you will. Yeah, it's been uh, nuts. Uh, just been traveling a lot, but the last week has been even crazier. So. For those of you who do not know, the Rahimi case is now being heard by the Supreme Court. Uh, we have, and I can't comment on that right now, uh, we also have the uh, national injunction on pistol braces, and we already see companies selling them again. So shout out to our our friends and, and supporters of GOA Palmetto State Armory. Uh, they are selling brace firearms again, so good on them. Um, 
We have uh, a ton of other things. The Freeman receiver case came down. Um, this is the – we have a comment period coming up, and I can't say what it is just yet, but there's going to be a comment period coming up really soon, so keep an eye on the GOA website for when that comment period comes to fruition. Um, make sure that you are commenting and submitting on that. And this is the first time I've heard about this act, so I'm going to have to do some more research on the um, the bulk ammo ban. Uh, it didn't come up yeah. this week just yet. It may have just come through. Um, my guess is this is another attempt by the left to uh, negotiate and try to get us to give an inch. Um, we also have a number of also a number of other bills that are are being proposed by the ATF. Uh, and the Biden administration, including the uh, private sales. Uh, I don't know the exact name of that bill, but it basically would turn you into an FFL. So just make sure that you are contacting your congressman. There's a form on goagunowners.org. Uh, Go there. It's 45 seconds to fill out the form, how to contact your congressman and your representatives. Let them know that you don't want this stuff to pass. The more of us going in there and commenting, the better off we are uh, overall. And then on a side note, tomorrow, uh, sometime tomorrow, go to the GOA Gun Owners uh, YouTube page to see our interview with Ghost Tactical. Ah. So <laughs> drops live tomorrow. Um, very good episode. Uh, I personally did not make any edits to it. I think it was great. Uh, Kaylee went in this afternoon and made a couple uh, Zoom cuts in there for us because we were chewing gum and you could tell we were chewing gum but the episode itself is great was i chewing gum oh kaylee and i were oh i was like i don't i don't i don't chew gum very often yeah. i was like was i chewing gum <laughs> yeah. but uh there's already clips up on the state of the second instagram page and up on ghost mm. page so go uh definitely give that a listen i am gonna give it this is our top three podcasts so far uh, it was a really good talk with him. So great episode. I Checks in the mail, man. Checks it in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was fun. I'm not going to lie. It was, um, it was, it was interesting because I didn't know, and you guys will be able to see this throughout the, the, the interview and the podcast. When I first um, got in there, we started talking. I wasn't really sure which direction this was going to go at one point. And, I thought it turned out pretty good, so I, I'm, I'm real happy with it. But uh, I haven't seen the final cut. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll bring Clover in here in a second. He, he brought us um, some information on the AMO Act and all that. But uh, speaking of which, as always, riding shotgun from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, uh, Leprechaun wow. himself. What's up, man? Yo. So... Um, I know oh, that you man. probably you 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 put something in. I couldn't. I didn't have time to read it. I saw you put something in there yeah. about the intellect. You want to yeah. kind of catch people up that you might know more than I do, or John does, or anything. Yeah, apparently I know more than a lot of people. Uh, I don't know if the the typical fear mongering YouTubers out there have, have just now picked up on it. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, I can say that it is a basically uh, a bill. It's, it's definitely anti two A. I mean, it is uh, was introduced on the second of this month so that's yeah. what been like 12 freaking days ago and come on if it ain't in the mainstream cycles it's absolutely nothing burger uh for sure 
at this point. Yeah. But it was introduced on the second by Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> as Go you figure. Um, yeah. The only co-sponsor uh, introduced in the Senate, obviously. Uh, the only co-sponsor at this point, 12, what, 12 days later? 12 days later uh, is Richard Blumenthal. So that should, that should you tell go. you something that it's, you go. it's got one co-sponsor and it's 12 yeah. years old. Um, you know, and, and let's remember uh, also, folks, you're, this is November of 2023, which means we are basically to the day, uh, second Tuesday in November, to the day a year away from the election. Yeah. So starting now, you're going to start seeing people do things for re-election. Oh, yeah. Don't crawl under the rock and say the sky is falling. I need to protect myself. Understand that 98% of the stuff that you're seeing that has been, you know, released or has been introduced, not only will it not get to the floor, it won't even get out of committee, but what people are going to be doing is putting bills out there so that they can go home to their constituents and say, Hey, I introduced an ammo act bill. I introduced this. I introduced this. I was ahead of everybody on this, knowing it's not going anywhere. I'm not saying don't be vigilant and, and, and keeping up with it. I'm saying keep up with it, understanding what it is. These are all grabs for money, for fundraising, and for re-election. Um, you you'll start seeing everything under the sun being introduced in the next 12 months. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Sorry, go ahead, Clove. Well, I was just going to say, anything that Elizabeth Warren introduces is not going to remotely pass the House, right? Yeah, um, this is true, too. It's not going to do it. And then, like I said, you look at the time frame and knowing how government works. Now, does that mean that your you know, normal talking heads on YouTube are not going to gin up fear monger some folks? But, you know, I would, really suggest, I would really suggest that if you... You know, get when the bills and, and things like that inter introduced. Anybody can introduce anything, basically. And so That's correct. Uh, there's absolutely zero reason to freak out over a bill being introduced. Um, but there is it track.gov. Maybe it's track.gov. But anyway, there's a website out there. That oh, yeah, you can track them all. Yeah. It gives you literal odds that something will pass, and that's based on mm. congressional makeup and past voting uh, tallies and other things. I mean, it's a pretty yep. technical deal. And that particular bill shows like a 3% chance. And it's unbiased. It's unbiased as yeah, well. Yeah. But it's a 3% chance that, that it passes. Yeah. So that's not, yeah. that's not good. You know, and, 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 and we bring it to fear mongers. And it's going to ruffle some feathers. I don't really care. Um, and I'm, I'm speaking to the people out there that get their information from people on YouTube, right? Um, I will say this. Be weary of the big channels that are the two-way information gurus of the internet. I'm not saying all of them. I know most of them, and I know who they are and what they do, and they don't particularly care about two-way. This, well, this is going to ruffle some feathers, and I don't care. So what I tell yeah. you is this. If you're trying to look for sources, look for sources that are not going to be the sky is falling and what are we going to do and, and, and all of that. Try to find sources that are going to give the facts, the information, and allow you to build your own conclusions on what you should care for. If they're throwing it down your throat that all this is going to happen, it's going to change the world and all that, I'm not saying don't listen to them. I'm saying I don't listen to them, and I know these people, and 
be be careful of who you, you trust. Yeah, you got to verify, right? Yeah, and it's a, do your it's own. a self it's a self fulfilling prophecy for those that are just you know rank and file viewers out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you look at somebody that gets on YouTube and they holler, you know, how the moon, you know, two a, you know, whatever it might be. They're banning this or can compensate yeah. that or do this or do that, right? Um, and you go, oh yeah, they're the premier source for two a news or they're the whatever, right? They're the authority for 2A News because, look, they're a big, huge channel. You know how they got to be a big, huge channel? Fear-mongering the 2A Fear stuff, and you're tuning in. They couldn't make it They couldn't make it doing their gear reviews five, six right. years ago, and right. so they switched over because right. they know that this is what gets traction. That's the kind yeah. of people you're dealing with. It's not because they have authority necessarily on the subject. It's because you as a viewer give them authority by going there and listening to most of it, which is nonsense. Well, yeah, while we yeah. while we've been talking, I texted uh, Ben Sanderson, who is our Minuteman. If you haven't watched the Minuteman moment, uh, he said, uh, "Do you trust him?" By the way, I do trust him. <laughs> he, he is, yeah. Um, he said it's it's not a nothing burger in the sense it's very bad law, but a lot in allowing to this legislation to pass would be bad. But he doesn't oh, yeah. see it moving forward in sure. Congress, just like no, no, and we're not saying so, don't yeah. worry about this. Yeah. Make sure that you are following this and making sure that you are contacting your senators and all that. That said, don't let this change your thoughts on how you're going to live your life. Yeah. Okay. Or, it's it's in not order, to that point yet. If it what, gets to the floor, worry a little bit. If it passes the Senate, worry a little bit. But we're not even out of committee yet. We're probably not even out of subcommittee. It's not yet. even. It's mm -hmm. not even in committee, and and that's what I was right. saying. So the play yeah. here, just to give. Some people like to know how the sausage is made a little bit, like, and you should when it comes to government. That's called civics, and you really need to. It hasn't even that. been assigned to committee yet, which so, is crazy. Yeah, and I don't think it will. And here's a reason Probably I don't won't. think it ever even goes to committee. Elizabeth Warren introduced this. I think it is a reelection play. Mm -hmm. And Richard Blumenthal, who is who is the chair of the Judiciary Committee, right, right, um, he is the only co-sponsor. For 12 days, he's been the only co-sponsor. In order to get to committee, usually you have co-sponsors from said committee. And the yeah. only one in 12 days is Blumenthal? It's not going yeah. anywhere. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't see it happening. Even in as the much Senate, as I, it's not going anywhere. It's certainly yeah. not going to go anywhere in the House. No, no. As much as I don't like giving Calaveras credit, he does say, should we trust a jarhead, a ginger, and a virus? That's a fair. That's a fair question. Yeah, don't probably trust not. Me. I know probably nothing. not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Real quick, let's go ahead and say hello to all of our channel members out there. Uh, we want to thank all of our YouTube channel members that uh, decide, for whatever reason, they would like to be involved with supporting all of our projects and all that. We thank you very much. If you're interested in joining the YouTube memberships, there's a join button somewhere below. The screen uh go ahead and check that out uh but let's say hello uh, shout out all our channelers out there we got tactical fuds out there what's up buck we missed buck this weekend in wanamaker and he was hopefully he's feeling better uh let's see here we got wes who we did see in tulsa this weekend at wanamaker what's up wes uh trying to go down to the channel members buck here would've, buck would have enjoyed that Big time. He would have enjoyed this weekend for sure. Uh, Gary's out there. Gizzard Gary's out there. Uh, there's a lot Tulsa of people out here. I'm just, yeah, yeah. He was in Tulsa too. Um, just going through. 
the channel members. Um, Bill Alexander says, Michigan in the house behind enemy lines. I hear you. Uh, I want to say hello to Kyle out there. He says, hashtag Pony Express 2024. Uh, Kyle is from Anderson. He's usually on the channels uh, quite a bit, but he's feeling under the weather. I think he went to a football game this weekend and caught something probably. Uh, that said, uh, talked back and forth with Kyle earlier today. John and I were talking about it a little bit. Clover and I were talking a little bit about it today. Apparently, uh, I want to say congratulations to all the Ghost Squad out there. And I want you to con I want to double down now. We're, we're doubling down on hashtag Pony Express 2024. Uh, Mr. Anderson stopped by Kyle's office and was asking him, hey, what's up with this Pony Express I hear about? So Carl Anderson, Mr. Anderson himself, um, has heard of the grassroots Pony Express 2024 and was talking with Kyle on what it is. And when Kyle explained it to him, um, these are the words from Kyle. He didn't say no. So we are doubling down. So what we are asking is I'm going to let Ginger talk about it real quick, but I do want to put it out there either on Facebook or on Instagram. Any and all posts from Anderson Manufacturing, make a comment, hashtag Pony Express 2024. John, uh, explain to us what the, gra the, the grassroots initiative is for the Pony Express. So, uh, hashtag Pony Express 2024 is our grassroots effort to get Anderson Manufacturing to release a double barrel side-by-side -side shotgun, coach gun style shotgun, uh, we have been working on this since March, and uh, it is time to, uh, now that it is on Mr. Anderson's desk, it is time to double down and get a hold of Anderson and let them know that we want the Pony Express, especially with the hammers with the Anderson logo on them. With the pony on there, heck yeah. Um, absolutely. We're going to talk real quick about um, Tulsa, the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, the largest gun show in the world. Sykes says he told his wife Saturday night, I am, damn it, I am going to Tulsa next year. She said she'll think about it. That sounds about right. What I will tell you is if you're not familiar with Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show, once again, it's the largest gun show in the world. Over 4,000 tables, about 25,000 people. It's 11 acres under one building. Literally. The largest gun show in the world um, if you're just a fan of firearms you're going to be able to go there and see things that you never thought you'd be able to see at a gun show you'll see stuff that's you know we saw a million dollar sale four or five six years ago i mean it's it's one of those things where it's it's a bucket list thing whether you plan on going to buy or not it is worth the ten dollars to get in there to just look around and see some guns that you are unicorn guns for most people you'll never see them anywhere else again it's it's truly 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 amazing we had a great time this weekend uh saw a bunch of people had a good couple dinners while we were there hung out we we rented a house and had a big fire pit and everyone was hanging out over there it was kind of chilly for a lot of people but it felt great with the fire pit going and had some great conversations and great friends and all that so it's it's a fun time it's a great show. Um, God, I hope they have another one next year, Clover. What do you think? Yeah, I kept, kept kind of <laughs> uh, talking it up a little bit. And, um, yeah, there was a lot of vendors who weren't happy. And for those that don't know, the, the founder of the show that's been 
the overlord, the uh, grand supreme emperor, if you will, of the show for since the '60s, Joe Wanamaker. He uh, he passed yeah. away early last year, and and they've done a lot of weird things. Like his, I guess his kids more or less have kind of taken it over, and and so yeah. they don't have the the old man there to kind of guide them. And so or the passion, these, maybe you know. Yeah, this is true, you know. And so it's it's almost like you can tell. And so there was quite a few vendors and stuff that you know that claimed they were they weren't going to come back unless they changed up you know back to the kind of the old way of doing things and I, I understand why I don't blame them so you know hopefully they either you know they shape it up or they hand it over sell it off something to somebody who's willing yep. to carry on the, the legacy of the of the great show that it that it is i hope that we didn't see the very last wanamaker you know what i'm saying i hope that's yeah. not the case i don't think it will be but uh now we'll see. tim out there and we we predicted this uh, on a on a talk before but he said he met hickok and smash time hickok looked better it looked good hickok is almost always there we talked about that previously but uh he did i was i was happy to see that he actually looked last time we like, we seen him there man he he looked like he was on death's door so uh it's good yeah, to see a couple years he, uh, ago we better. saw him it looked like he was literally trying to escape the grim reaper like literally he was he was yeah, running was from the reaper mm -hmm. it was bad but yeah he looked good uh, he looked good yeah he did he did. Um, I've got some questions out there. Some of you guys have asked some questions up there that are great. I have them starred. We will get to them. Uh, trust me. Uh, some really good questions already, so we'll get to those a little bit. But you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, over in our YouTube community tab, we have the pony polls. And um, so we have a little fun with them. But uh, let's jump into this week's polls. This one went out yesterday. It's got 1.2 thousand votes. Which 80s classic is better, Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Now, Ginger, these movies, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Breakfast Club, uh, were, were, were two classics back in the 80s. I want to say, I don't think it was his first, but I want to say that The Breakfast Club is kind of what put uh, John Hughes, like, kind of, like, on the map is, like, he's a legit. But these are classic uh, movies that people, like, my age, like, will always hold a dear, near and dear. And I'm assuming you haven't seen one, so you might just have to pick one out of the air. <laughs> Let's hear you guys out in the chat. What do you guys shoot? Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller? Ginger, um, if you've seen them and understand what 80s um, movies are about, which one would you go with? So, Breakfast Club was actually required movie to watch freshman year of high school. Um, That's a great high school that you went through. Yes, then. and the funny part is the teacher who made us watch it, he went to that high school and threw up where Judd Nelson jumped up in the air after running on oh, the track. Oh, wow, really? So, uh, I have to go with Breakfast Club just for that. But they are both great movies, but Breakfast Club yep. is iconic. Now, Wes is helping you out. He said, Bueller... Bueller comes for the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off for John, uh, in case you didn't know that. So, yeah. Uh, Clove, Breakfast Club, or Ferris Bueller? Man, I mean, that's that's one of those things where you, it depends on what time you catch me, honestly, right? Um, I only ask the tough questions, you know. If you're, if you're talking about, like, man, like, maybe, I don't know, it's tough to say. So, do I want something a little more serious or do I want something kind of lighthearted? I tend to lean more toward like comedy and lighthearted more than anything. 
Uh, and that's 100% Bueller. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're looking just for the stupid laughs, it is definitely Ferris Bueller. Um, let my Cameron go. Uh, great movie. And, and you can't go wrong with either one of them. Uh, both of them had incredible soundtracks. Um, Ferris Bueller brought back Twist and Shout uh, to be another number one hit from the Beatles like 20 years after it was a hit originally, which is kind of cool. Um, and the Breakfast I, Club, I mean, you, you, I mean, who doesn't know Breakfast Club theme? You know, I mean, that, that oh, made... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish, finish up. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, it was just one of those where I, I think that... I think they're both Americana. I think that if if you were to say, give me five movies from the 80s that we put into a time capsule that kind of tells a story of the 80s, uh, I think that both of these could be in that capsule, uh, that time capsule. I think both of those are, are American classics, especially for that time frame. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Well, first of all, apparently my timing's off, but you know I'm not feeling well, so that may be why. Um, no, I watched something the other day. It's interesting you put out this poll question because I was watching the other day. It was, and I forgot which channel, but YouTube, in their infinite wisdom of recommending things, and it was kind of a things you didn't know about Fairless Bueller type video or something, and it was well, screen, it was screenshotting or whatever, screen pausing the scenes from in his room. And his computer, his stereo, his oh, yeah. keyboard, and all of this stuff. Sure. And going like, how rich is his parents? Because holy crap, like his computer back then would be like forty-seven thousand dollars. His keyboard would right. be like eighteen grand. Is you know, and he's he's got like yep. a quarter of a million dollars worth of stuff in his bedroom. You know. And he had he had like the synthesizer machine that like. Who had that in real life? That you was know? the most popular for bands back, like major bands, like Depeche Mode. Major, stuff, like, like yeah, not some, yeah, not no, some kid like in real. Chicago, you know. <laughs> like major bands back in that era were using that. And I forget <laughs> right. the model or whatever, but major yeah. bands, yeah, yeah, to make coffee uh, noises, right? Exactly, exactly. Now, here's the thing, though: how many of us try to make that same, you know? Oh, hello. I'm sorry. I can't come. You know, we all did that after that. We all wanted to be Ferris Bueller when it was, when it all came, when that came out. Like, hell yeah. Um, 1.2 thousand votes. 59% say Ferris Bueller. 41 say Breakfast Club. Uh, I personally would choose a Breakfast Club, but I love both of them and I can't be mad at any of the results. So, uh, yeah. Um, Ferris Bueller gets 59% of the votes. Next vote, over 2,000 votes since it's November. We always kind of do some food stuff for Thanksgiving. Uh, this week's was, um, which is better, mac and cheese or green bean casserole? Uh, Clover, mac and cheese or green yeah. bean casserole? Mac and cheese. I'm okay with green beans, but I'm not a fan of green bean casserole. So, Oh, see, I'm the opposite. I'm not a big fan of green beans, but I love me some green bean casserole. Yeah, green beans. But I was, you know, I was raised on good green beans with, you know, a lot of bacon and bacon fat and butter and seasonings and other stuff in it. So, so basically, those, it, was, yeah. it was green beans that didn't taste like green beans at that point. Well, you still got a little bit of the green bean. 
I guess, flavor, right? A little bit. No, I hear you. I, hear I mean, you. are they green beans when you smother them in a casserole with a bunch of other stuff, too? Like, That's I what I said. Know. I don't like green beans. So, you know, I, but, I, and I it do depends. Like green bean casserole. And it depends on the mac and cheese. Are you talking about, you know, you're over somebody's house and they literally, it's like, no, no, for Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving, it's got to be homemade mac and cheese. Or for Thanksgiving, it's got to be, yeah, 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 yeah. Like fresh cheese and bacon bits mm-hmm. in them and that sort of stuff. Like, mm, good stuff. Yeah. Like homemade That's shells true. and cheese. My, my aunt, and where she gets the shells, but she gets shells, and it's not like your boxed shells. They're probably seven or eight times larger the shells are. They're huge. She might make them herself. You never know. And, um, oh man, it's so good. She used like a, a white cheddar and then a couple other things and bacon and oh, mm. it's banging. Yeah. It looks like the, the chat out there is definitely going with mac and cheese. Um, Sykes says pumpkin or sweet potato pie. Stand by, stand by for this weekend's polls that something like that might come up. Uh, ginger mac and cheese or green bean casserole, my man. You know, I'm with you. The, only at Thanksgiving I would eat green bean casserole, but um, if the mac and cheese is done right, and I've had bad mac and cheese in the day, oh, you can screw up a mac and cheese. Mac that's and for cheese. sure. Yes, if if Aunt Susie decides to uh, experiment with her mac and cheese that year, you know you have that family member who mm. does it now. If it's done right, it's the mac and cheese all day. Sure. But, and here's the thing about mac and cheese i literally will eat green bean casserole i'm not going to say one day because thanksgiving for me lasts about three or four days with food right so it's over a three or four day weekend i'll eat that until it's gone but mac and cheese i'll eat year round so um i i think i think i enjoy green bean casserole more Maybe because I only have it that one time a year. So I look forward to now. I don't know why we don't make it. We could make it anytime we want, but it's, we only make it for Thanksgiving. And so I look forward to it. So yeah, maybe it's that who knows. Uh, let's see here. Uh, over 2000 votes, 81% say Mac and cheese. So green bean casserole, 19% and getting very little love. But honestly, I, I, I was, I was surprised at, at the margin of victory, but I figured Mac and cheese would win. Um, but yeah, 81 to 19, uh, our last poll for the week's got over, well over 2000 votes kind of piggybacking off of last week's conversation, which one real simple night vision or thermal. And we'll start with ginger on this one, night vision or thermal. Seeing that I've just played with both like two weeks ago in Tennessee, uh, I might have to go with night vision. They're both dope. They're both fun, but night mm-hmm. vision is just got looking up at the stars through night vision is a totally oh, different cool. experience. It is. It is. Um, I probably do go night vision just because I have a lot more working experience with night vision than I do thermal. I think thermal is cool. And there's an argument that probably does suggest that thermals um, for a lot of applications is better. I just kind of have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for, for night vision because I was playing with it back in 1995 and 1994, um, back in the primitive era of night vision. Um, but like I said, I think that 
Um, thermal's probably better, but I would probably still choose night vision. Uh, Clover, I know where you're going on this. So I don't have a soft heart, and I damn sure ain't looking up at the stars with my stuff. I'm shooting things in the face. So thermal rules and night vision rules. Sorry, it's just the way it is. Wow. Uh, you got to hear a funny thermal story then. So we're Let's playing. So uh, at at uh, Opie's event, Naughty After Dark, we were they had uh, gel blaster. Of which I got a I got a text from him, and he sent me a package. So I don't know what the hell that is. But oh, I, I brought I dropped your name while we were there. I told him that he needed to send you some stuff. Yeah, apparently he is. So well, you know. Uh, so we played uh, gel blaster thermal battles. And it was me and Big Kid who's in the chat. And uh, Big Kid may have accidentally shot uh, RMG, Pat RMG in the uh, man meat with his thermal. You mean I mean, a, not with a thermal, but with a with the, gel, with the blaster. gel blaster under thermals. Um, now may or may no, not have. What does the gel blasters look like through the thermal? They, they're neat. Do they, do they have a signature? They yeah, put the they glow. They had like a, they had a flash on the end, so they would glow in the dark. So you'd see the, um, the trajectory, yeah. kind of like tracer. But gotcha. when they hit, you could see them explode. So I'm sure you could, yeah. Uh, it's gonna cool the air tamp around it. Yeah, yeah. big kid uh, hit him, and I may have accidentally shot him in the face a couple times with the, with the wow. gel blaster. Okay. Wow. Well, I mean, you know, what are friends? What are friends for? <laughs> yeah, you know? what are friends for? Jail bastard. Okay. If, if you're not if you're not trying to physically harm your friends at any given moment, then you're just not really good friends. And Steve says Steve. it was not it me. Was and it sounds. And I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It sounds something like you would do. So I'm I'm gonna trust Ginger on this. And I don't Maybe. trust Ginger's very often, but I I trust him on this. It was either you or it was uh, it was either you or it was uh, Big Josh. One of the two did it. But I'm I'm distinctly remembering. I heard that Big Josh isn't so big anymore necessarily. No, he's lost a hundred pounds. He looks good. That's great. And That's Steve, awesome. I'm gonna give a shout out to Steve because Steve's lost sixty pounds. He looks good too. Really? I mean, I hadn't yeah. seen Steve. Well, I guess it's shot. Was it shot? Was it shot last year? I don't remember. I think I saw him this year at shot. Um, but yeah, well, good for him. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Uh, over 2,000 votes, 74% say thermal, 26% say night vision. Once again, can't go wrong with either one of them. It is what it is. Uh, guys, go check out Anderson Manufacturing and use hashtag Pony Express 2024. Um, Steve says, all this Tennessee squirrel and moonshine equals weight loss. Well, if all you had to rely on eating and drinking was squirrel and moonshine, yeah, you probably would, would lose a bunch of weight. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Sykes says, if I could find NVGs for under two grand, I'd get some. You can, um, especially maybe on eBay. But here's the problem. If someone's selling theirs on eBay, it's hard to just make sure you have something that will say, hey, you got 10 days to you know return or whatever. Because you never know really what you're getting on eBay, but especially some of that kind of technology, you never know. Um, Real quick, Steel Industries at the event, and I think on their website is selling helmet, single tube, uh, and the mount for thirty two hundred. 
So it's a twelve hundred dollars more than what you're looking for, but it's still a good deal for everything. But you're getting the helmet and the mount as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's we, we and we talked a little bit about it last week on the show when we were talking thermal versus night vision. Uh, and I'm not saying go in and get one, but if you've never really messed around with night vision and don't even really understand kind of the concept of night vision or whatever, you know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can go get some of these digital night vision stuff. And they're not going to be awesome, but they're going to give you an idea. Uh, and then you can decide on what you want. But if you've already kind of experienced what night vision is and you want to get it, that's just part of it, man. You're going to spend some money. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, not you're going to spend some money for a good thermal. You're going to spend some money for, for good night vision as well. Go ahead. Not knowing where he's at, I highly recommend that if he wants to try it out, go out to Opie's event next year. It's I think it's the twenty fifth and twenty sixth yeah. in Tennessee. Over in East Tennessee, East yeah. Tennessee. So uh, yeah, um, for sure. I I was talking with Opie last week, and I'm definitely definitely going to try to make it this next year. Um, I don't remember. I had something going on. I was I was somewhere that same. I can remember where I was. I was somewhere. Uh, he's a like I said, he's in Mississippi. Hell, yeah, you should you should make it up to East Tennessee. It's it's not a problem for you. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna discuss what we tried to discuss last week until I went off down a rabbit hole, which turned out to be a fantastic conversation on you know night vision versus thermal. But that was not the intended discussion. It just kind of went down that route. But uh, it was a great conversation. Go check that. If you're wanting to know anything and listen to us talking about night vision versus thermal, great conversation. But what we're going to discuss tonight is the uh, shit hits the fan, red dawn scenario, what we were going to be doing, how we're going to prep for those types of scenarios. And, and, and let's be honest, guys, this is a halfway serious, but it is more serious than we probably thought it would be. I am not in the strain of the, the thought process that there's going to be Koreans or Russians parachuting um, into the U.S. because we'll shoot their asses down. It's not going to be that. What it's going to be is sleeper cells that have been here for 10 years that have been activated from wherever they're being activated from. Um, or there's going to be a legitimate civil war. And I think the civil war that we would be looking at this time is not north versus south. This is neighborhood versus neighborhood. This is an ideological, um, you know, within the cities, there could be a civil war within a town. Um, it's not going to be just the Mason-Dixon line saying, hey, everything above this is for this. This is going to be a, a, a weird thing. Um, do I think it's going to come? I, I, I don't. Um, but I'll tell you what, um, it's getting closer now than it's ever been in my lifetime, um, to thinking, man, this, this, this country's really screwed up right now. And I think that all starts with leadership or lack thereof, uh, say what you want to about Trump and all the people, um, the leadership we have right now, uh, president Biden is not a leader president biden is not um good for this country and i'm not saying who's going to be good for this country but it can't get any worse i've never seen a country more divided than it is right now that being said in the fun scenario not really fun but it's a fun discussion of a, 
a shit hits the fan, a red dawn, a zombie apocalypse, something that's going to happen where it's going to basically take all rules and laws, throw them out the window. It's going to be a survival type situation. Every man for themselves, survival of the fittest and all of that. Um, it's kind of fun because, you know, what I, what I talk about is, is, you know, there are certain things that we're, we're doing in life to begin with. It's not for that apocalyptic scenario, but thank God we're doing it now just in case it is, you know, some people do set their houses up. They do have certain things. Uh, they do collect certain items over time. And if it does happen, it happens. But, um, I want to bring Ginger in here, and, and before we kind of jump, jump really deep, I'm going to sit there and say, okay, so you hear Red Dawn scenario, shit hits the fan scenario, zombie apocalypse scenario, all of these scenarios where it's just survival, right? A survival situation. Are you bugging out or are you bugging in at this point in your life? It depends on what it is. Being in Phoenix, it's kind of hard to... There's no good way out. Um, we are kind of screwed uh, here. And I've talked to a couple people. I mean, if I go east, it's desert. If I go north, it's mountains. And it all depends on what happens. Currently, right now, my planning is to bug it and stay in place okay. until we can get something figured out because bugging out is most likely not an option to start uh, just because there's really like if, if there, there's water sources are scarce uh, mm -hmm. in this area. So trying to go and find what I need is if I run out is going to be hard as it is. Um, luckily mm -hmm. I have, uh, a small lake right down the street. So I have the ability to get water if need be. Now it's open and all that fun stuff, but there's really no way to get out of Phoenix safely without running into issues, either be it gas issues on the way out of town, going up the mountains, trying to go East is, uh, is kind of a problem. Uh, so there's that. I mean, that's really my thought process is to bug in at this point. Now, in Ohio, it was easy because we knew all the woods and everything. So you bug out and find your spot and kind of chill. But yeah, yeah, Steve is right. <laughs> well, there comes a point in time where survival is survival. So there are ways to um, handle bad water if you if you have to you know yeah um you know we, we talked a couple weeks ago clover it was here and i think he said he would bug in but let's just remind people uh those situations are you bugging in or bugging out clove oh yeah definitely definitely a bug in yeah, yeah. i mean there I'm may be some, there may be some scavenging there may be some going out to make trouble or cause trouble or something but for the most part yeah yeah yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to have to go and scavenge. You're going to have to go and find water. Maybe you may even have to go buy, find some kind of a food source. Uh, but by bugging in, it means you're going to have your HQ, you know, where you are. Uh, bugging out means you're going to go find an HQ. And, um, and some people, you know, 
like John, when, when you might be geographically, you know, strapped to find a, a good location to go to. So you might be forced to bug in or you may live in a situation in a neighborhood or, or something that it's not a very good place to, to have be, be around these scenarios. So you might bug out just to find a safer places. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of what people think of bug in and bug out is um, really going to depend on where you live, how well you know um, your geographical location, what advantages or disadvantages that the, the the geography of your area that you live are going to offer. Um, if you like, like John said, if you live in the desert, that's brutal. I mean, that's brutal. Uh, if you live where I live in the hills. Um, we got everything, and, and, that, and that, that helps. I'm going to go and, and, and bring up some of these questions um, that were uh, – get rid of that one. The first one was from Calaveras. If you guys have any questions, obviously go ahead and and uh, put them out there in the, in the chat, and we'll get to them. This is before the show started. Calaveras says, would communication such as HAM or GMRS be part of an SHTF? 100%. Um, now, remind you that you know GMRS is is good if you're talking about local, like pretty close communication with people, friends, family, whatever. Uh, ham is going to be a much more powerful radio. Um, now that said, both are going to require a license to use in, in, in general. So up I'm never going to that say, scenario, right? Well, I was say up into that scenario, but understand this: even in a normal situation, anytime that you are in an emergency, you are able to use those frequencies uh, to call a distress out, uh, find emergencies. I mean, there you can use them under emergency situations without being penalized, fined, whatever. Now, what? What we're talking about is a red dawn apocalypse type scenario where let's just be honest by that time there are no laws in the land there is no monetization there is no monetary system left anymore uh the government has probably fallen it's every man for themselves so yes if you have a ham radio that is going to be a phenomenal way to communicate with other people for sure uh, go ahead. Probably worth probably worth getting a license though. And oh yeah, I'm not say saying that, nothing. I'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The reason that the reason I say that is so you order you a ham radio off of Amazon or whatever, right? And you don't understand how it works, and you don't understand frequencies, and you don't know the etiquette mm -hmm. of making calls and talking. Of on how it. to talk, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And so it is a thing. <laughs> taking the course, going through the study material, and taking the course is going to familiarize you with how to do that. Um, and so it may be worth doing that just, you know, just to get the education on it. Yeah. Go ahead, John. I mean, I take my bail thing with me every time we go out towards the desert or anything in case of an emergency situation like that, because I know that'll still work where my cell service is body as I'll get up. Yep. I have a bail thing as well. I had a buddy of mine, Hans, um, call me last week and was, gonna get into the ham radio and, and i told him hey look you can go spend as much as you want 
hundreds, thousands of dollars on these crazy get-up radios. If you're looking to get into the ham radio and learn about what it is and all of that, a Beofang, you can get for like 25 30 bucks on Amazon. Maybe cheaper, I don't know. Um, but Beofang is a phenomenal. Uh, I will say this. Um, Clover and I have a good friend, Josh, who uh, we knew for a long time. And I knew he was into the ham radio thing, but I didn't realize he was like the premier ham radio guy on YouTube for a couple of years that I knew him before I realized it. Uh, ham Radio Crash Course is a great YouTube channel, a great one. But uh, Josh is a great guy, uh, literally the premier ham radio guy on YouTube. And, and Clover known him since 2017. And it, I didn't know for two or three years that he was this premier guy because we talked guns and all that. But uh, if you're wanting to get to know it, great. I will tell you this. The, the best thing that I did is that when I first got my Beofang, I found a, a ham radio group over on Facebook. And they were about an hour from me. But they had a weekly thing where they would go into this group chat on Facebook, but then they would have discussions um, through the ham radios, and a lot of it was to bring new people in and show them the etiquette of how to talk. And there are certain things that you have to do uh, when you're talking on ham radio, whether it's your call sign, letting it know every few minutes, and how to answer, how to ask, and how to talk. It is a thing. Um, you can go get a Beofang for, let's say, 25 30 bucks. And find yourself some local ham radio club that's in your area. And if you know that they're going to be doing a thing on Thursday night at 7 o'clock, turn it on and listen. Obviously, do not press the button and try to talk to them on that uh, until you have your license. But you can listen all you want. And most of them will be doing that and having a live chat in the Facebook group answering questions. That's how I learned a lot of stuff. Um, so uh, ham radio gmrs whatever but ham radio i think is something that everyone should have regardless if you're a survivalist or not uh when comms go out chances are the ham radio is still going to be working and uh like i said in in an emergency situation no matter what's going on you can always uh talk on an emergency and like i said in, in a red dawn scenario a zombie apocalypse so Dude, there's there's no rules at that point. Just do what you got to do, right? So there's an elephant in the room, and that is the power grid. Radios need electricity. Yep. So keep but, that in mind. Prepare for that. I mean, there are solar panels that can charge. I was, was going to say a, a lot of a lot of the ham radio guys have generators. They have things for that contingency. Not all, but some do. Like you can you can get solar panels that'll direct charge your radios, but then batteries mm -hmm. have a shelf life. So you know extra batteries and learn yeah. how to store batteries properly. You know there's a Correct. lot of things that go into that. Are they EMP proof? I, I this is a general question. Is, is are those EMP proof? Are you talking about the the radio really themselves? Are, but most or the yeah most are only with the radio? Are you talking about like the towers or what? All the above. I was. I, was I, think, I would say that the towers have a better chance. Uh, like, like Clover said, my Bayo thing, probably not. But there are some of these radios that are a couple thousand dollars, and maybe those are. I don't know. 
I don't know. Well, you could you could very easily for the for the cost. So you don't need the repeaters in the towers necessarily for for yeah. communication long range. You do, uh, but radio to radio, um, you know, not necessarily. Um, the so my suggestion would be again it gets into when you're looking at the accessories you would need for that situation solar panel you know extra batteries blah 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 uh, Faraday bags are super super reasonable and yep. bail things are super super cheap <laughs> buy an extra bail yep. thing stick it in a Faraday bag uh, without the battery in it so the battery can you know this is true having this the battery in it is way worse for storage than uh, having a raw battery. But uh, stick, you know, take everything apart, stick it in the Faraday bag, put it up, and then if you, you know, go ahead and program it and do everything you need to do. Stick it in the bag and forget about it. Yeah, um, Gary put an EMP shield dot uh, com out there. I, I haven't, I don't know what that is. I'll maybe look at it later. But he's got something out there. Uh, Wes has anything with electrical pulses going through it? There's potential for not working unless protected. And Bill Alexander says line of sight. Line of sight is what we're talking about from radio to radio where um, even if towers are down, it's not going to be able to get you to talk to people in the next state or whatever. Those radios, if they if they can turn on and function, and you you should be able to talk to someone pretty close. Um, and, and let's be honest, in that kind of scenario, um, you're probably only going to be talking with people that are, are, are relatively close, um, if anyone. So uh, just remember that. But more importantly, um, if you do get a, a ham radio, whether or not you decide to get a license and actually utilize it and use it yourself, um, you might want to, you know, the biggest thing, that we, and this is what me and Hans were talking about for about half an hour is programming it. There's a, a free software called Chirp. It's what I use. I'm sure there's a bunch of them. Uh, but what I use is Chirp, and, and Clover, I'll let you come in here and talk about what you've used on your radios as well. But Chirp will kind of get you, and, and they'll say, well, where are you at? And you say, well, I'm in Arkansas. And it'll go through a list of all the different frequencies that are in Arkansas for EMS, Sheriff's Department, Fire Department, local police, anyone and everyone that will be kind of have a frequency, uh, a, a more of a static frequency, uh, so you can kind of pick and choose. Obviously, you don't probably don't need uh, a sheriff's department that's on the other side of the state of yours, but you can find all the ones that are surrounding you, and that'll keep you an idea of being able to listen to what's going on with them. And once again, if you're if you have an emergency, having that local sheriff's frequency or the EMS uh, frequency or the fire department's frequency. And you just go in there and say, I have an emergency. Here's my address. I need help right away. Um, it's great. But yeah, Tim says chirps like a spreadsheet. It is. It'll, it'll kind of give you this stuff. And, and it'll, you know, it'll, it'll program your radio for you with those frequencies if you want. Or you can program them yourself, however you want to do it. But chirp is a pretty, it's a free software. That's what I use. It's pretty simple. Clove, um, did you use any software to help? you know, uh, program your radio at all? So before chirp really was ever even a thing and, and I'll agree it's a, it's a good, it's a good resource. Uh, yeah. you've got to realize I was using these types of radios 20 years ago or so with the fire department or longer. Um, and so all the frequencies and stuff like that, I literally have written down somewhere around here on a piece of paper. I'm sure you did. Uh, yeah. And so I, for, 
any of the emergency services, uh, the county precinct road crews, like literally everything that you, you would need to get a hold of anybody like that. Um, I've, I've got everything for that already. So, uh, but chirp would come in handy if there was any kind of a traveling situation and I wanted to add something outside of my county and then the adjacent counties, let's say, right. Yeah. Um, uh, it could come in handy for something like that for sure. But you know, having access to that, right. It's going to be the deal. If you, if you know ahead of time what you need and you can record that somehow, but you know, again, we're talking about you lose electricity, you lose internet, you lose this. I mean, that's where information is going to be really important. A lot of people want to, you know, they, they think because they have these devices in their hand and they can just, we can click with our thumbs and bring anything up. Now imagine when all of that goes away. Do you have books? We're going, do you we're have going things back written to, down in notebooks? Do we're you going have back notebooks? to notepads. There you go. Well, do you already have that is the thing, do, you yeah. know? And so, you know, if you've got any type of a safe or something, you should have some kind of a document bag or box with all kinds of things recorded and written down and, you know, and put in that, you know, and, and when we're talking about a survival thing, same way, like I have books that it's like, why do you have those? Why do you have a book on like nuclear, you know, nuclear power plants? And Gary out there, of course, knows everything about them, but, you know, right. uh, or, you know, power substations or something like that. And it's like, well, sure. yeah. What is you never know? We talk about you talk about the zombie apocalypse, and that's a ha ha fun scenario. We all hope that's what we're faced yeah. with because that, that'll be the funnest one by far. But Absolutely. odds are it's going to be something really boring. We've already been through a quote unquote pandemic, right? And so, mm -hmm. odds are it's going to be something like that that it wipes out a vast majority of the population, right? And that and chaos ensues because of that. I mean, when you're talking about yeah. half the population. You know, over the course of a few days, weeks, months, whatever, um, all dying from some type of disease, uncontrollable disease, right? Uh, you're talking about the grids going down. You're talking about the infrastructure is still going to be there. Yeah. Do you know how to? Do you know how to fire that up? Do you know how to repair that? Do you know how to keep that working? Right. Um, yep. So, knowledge is important, but you're not going to be able to click Google and get that knowledge. This is true. So, uh, no. keep that in mind. Yep, Tim out there, uh, a couple things. He said, most law enforcement is on seven to 800 megahertz now. Your Beofang will not work on those frequencies. Get a, a unit in SD100 slash 200, and many government users are running digital modes nowadays. They're on computer-controlled networks. Now, both of these are, are probably true, but I would be willing to bet that most municipalities or sheriff's departments are still going to have a frequency on the lower uh, on the lower frequency for the average person that isn't going to back up and all that. Now, that being said, even if they aren't and you don't have access to those, but you get on your little $25 bay of thing and send out a, a distress emergency call, someone's going to hear that that might have access to those things and they can get you to help uh, as well as well. So um, I would imagine that most, uh, maybe not the federal stuff, but I would imagining that most state and local uh, entities are going to have a lower frequency, um, frequency channel, if you will, that you could at least have access to and all, all of that. Now, um hopefully that we're never in that situation but as a great question from um 
from Calaveras. And, and G23, I think, showed up a little bit late. He said, in SHTF, are you really going to care if you have a license for ham radio? You missed that boat a long time ago. We said that if you're in an emergency, first of all, any emergency, you can do it. You can you can speak. When you tar- start talking about these crazy scenarios, no one cares. There isn't going to be a government probably. So, no. Um, so no it, got, it is important. Go ahead. I've got, you know, from back when I was on the fire department and it still works, uh, I've got a Motorola. I don't know what model. Uh, a very nice Motorola handheld. Uh, mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, we, we could opt to buy those and pay them out or whatever and own them ourselves, which I did. Right. And then we had volunteers, of course, that they just were on loan and if they quit, they come back. And there's one reason that I did that with mine. And so I actually have extra batteries. I fired up every now and then. Now I don't, you'll key it up and talk to the sheriff's department on it or anything like that. But, uh, with my ties with the local fire department, every now and then, you know, I will jump on. Uh, that channel uh, ever so rarely and usually if it's um, uh, you know buddy of mine that's still on the department or something like that uh, and you get basically get permission and just back and forth just real quick maybe for a couple of minutes just to make yep. sure everything's working verify it right um, and that, that exactly the reason this was before as you know I didn't get ham until recently about the same ago, time yeah. you did a few years ago yeah. right And so, but I kept that, I paid that out, kept it on my own. Like I said, it's all programmed. It has, I don't even know how many agencies and stuff still programmed in it or in it. There's a lot. Uh, And there's, that's the reason is because you never know. And as G23 pointed out, as we talked about, yeah, I mean, I can't really pick that thing up and go to talking on it on various channels because that's, yeah, you're messing with emergency, whatever personnel and agencies that way. But if, we're in a, in a bad emergency if the world's falling apart and stuff like that. It don't matter. It's communication, and that's at the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter. Yep. Uh, Ginger, have you kind of ever thought about the ham radio thing, or is this something that doesn't really you have really thought much about? So I bought a Bayo thing in twenty twenty one just to have, uh, and mm-hmm. I been meaning to take the class to actually do it uh but i take it i have a little sheet with all the frequencies where i'm going i put it in a waterproof little baggie throw it in the backpack throw the bail thing in the backpack and because we go camping or overlanding there's no signal most of the time or very mm-hmm. little signal so i just have it in case something happens and i can hit the frequent just start hitting absolutely buttons and so, like you said, somebody will hear it and yep. go, that so, person's not supposed to be here. You know, yeah. we're we're talking here about two-way communication. Mm-hmm. Another important thing, I think, is transistor radio, um, yep. especially with weather function. Um, realize, again, you've got your, you've got your phones. So you've got all this information at your fingertips. In, in, a, in a bad scenario radio stations and then they're long forgotten a lot of them and particularly am i think would be the most yes. beneficial in that situation but um it's it's possible you have radio stations that will be in in a situation like that that would relay very important information so at least you can get news and get kind of up to date and know what's going on and if nothing else be able to get weather because whether you're bugging in or bugging out weather is going to be really important 
you know, absolutely. In, in that type of situation, you need to know: is a cold snap coming? Is it, you know, that way, you know, whatever. That way, you can. Is there going to be that. rain that we can maybe collect some water with mm -hmm. if we're prepared? Exactly. All a big rainstorm coming, you know, uh, you know, tomorrow night. Set we'll my tarp up and cut in. Yep. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Get some tarps out, right? Yeah, exactly. Or yep. hey, you know, we're looking at a freeze tonight. Well, maybe you get your plants covered up that you your pepper plants or your whatever, you know, uh, because you, yep. again, you're not going to have access to that on your phone just whenever you need it. Yep. I mean, you uh, guys, real quick, you guys remember the blackout of 02, 03? Yeah, sure. Three, yeah. So that's where I learned to keep a, an emergency radio and an AM radio. My parents had one and they were, that was the only way we could get the news because there's nothing. The power went out. That's how we got the news and everything. So, I, I keep a, a, a radio just like that for that reason, just in case. It's a hand crank solar power radio that's got a flashlight, and yep. I just, in case of an emergency, I have it sitting there. Bingo. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Hans, obviously Hans is listening. He just sent me a text. Hey, I was listening to the show. He has no way to comment. Uh, he's out there working or doing something, but uh, Hans, Hans sent me a text. Uh, yeah, so I think Hans is got everything set up i think i don't know i'm sure he's probably already got the bay of fang in hand because i think he's going to order one that day he was kind of saying hey what's it going say hey you can't go wrong with the bay of fang i mean it is what it is but like even like the gurus will say if you're just starting out for the money a bay of fang you know uh now lance out there off the x my buddy out there says he's got a cb radio in his truck and can talk all over the u.s and i think some people have mentioned cb radio i'm not gonna lie like CB radio, I have extremely low uh, experience with it. Um, but once again, it's another radio, a low frequency, high frequency radio system. Um, that it's it's a great option. I just I don't have a CB radio myself. Growing up in the eighties and nineties. Um, with my friends and their older brothers and their trucks all had CBs just for fun. Uh, you got to play around with CB a little bit, but uh, I, I don't use a lot of CB. But yes, if you have a CB radio and a ham radio, you're probably going to be all right as far as communications um, in that scenario. Uh, I know, Clover, you've probably got some experience with CB, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, CB is a good option. I can't believe that we kind of overlooked that and forgot about that. But, yeah. you know, that's going to be a pretty good option. Um you know, I tell you, if your family and it's a situation like for around here, uh, we've got family that lives within, you know, well, I mean, on the property here, you got quite a few uh, uh, family members or whatever. But, you know, even if you if you branch out a little bit, you're talking maybe five to eight miles or something like that. And even um, little walkie talkie sets mm -hmm. um, that can get out. Some of those can get out, you know, 10 to 15 miles, even some of those. And so if you've got, you know, family members or whatever, sons, daughters, whatever, that live, you know, fairly close around within that range, uh, that could even be a little investment is, you know, your family members buy all buy in uh, to a kit of those are all tuned to the, you know, we, you know, we communicate on this channel or whatever. And they can be used for a lot of other things. We do it too. Sure. But, um, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, you've got that as a, and that's more of a private thing amongst you and your family too, without putting it out over the airwaves. Now, don't get me wrong. If somebody could tune into the right frequency or had a scanner or something, could somebody listen to that? Yes, they could. It's not what I'm saying, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. It's a little more private, Absolutely. not going out specifically yeah. broadcasting everywhere over the airwaves. So, you know, if you're trying to get your family you know, in a in a rush situation together, you're not broadcasting that necessarily to the to the whole world. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, CB and CB is pretty. It's another thing that that you got CB uses a lot of power, um, and that's another thing. You you get back into this issue. I think that's going to be the issue when we talk about radios. Is I think we're going to run into an issue of power. Um, yeah. And the more, the further you want to get out with the radio, the more power takes you need. more power. Right? That's right. That's right. And so it's like, um, you know, you need to be uh, preparing now for, you know, long term, there's probably not a solution. You're probably screwed. You know, com radio communications, I think, are, are, are a short term thing. I think, but you've got, I think you've got 72 to 96 hours is really what you're going to be faced with. I think depends you got on what, longer than Depends that. on what you have availability to charge yeah. and all of that. But, uh, yeah, if you've yeah. got some type of a solar panel, you know, set up, uh, mm -hmm. and, and again, just a direct solar panel to charge the batteries you have, you know, yeah. um, I mean, you could go maybe a year or two, you know, on some batteries or whatever, but batteries eventually go bad. And that's the problem. They that's going to be the drawback. And so, yeah. um, you know, if it's a long-term scenario that lasts, you know, five, 10 years, the rest of your life, depending on how apocalyptic it is, right? I mean, it completely changes the landscape of the planet earth. Um, you're going to have to learn to live without electricity probably. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, unless you, or like John. Now, if you're like John and it's a situation where, you know, a bunch of people have died off from disease or whatever, and they, John co-ops his neighborhood to get down to the local power transfer plant and they learn how to get it back up and repair the lines. And it could be, you know, they could create their own community or something like that. Maybe you get some generators, right? Maybe coal fire powered or, um, mm -hmm. you know, something like that would power. There's all kinds of ways to create energy to, then turn into electricity. Uh, but it's going to be rudimentary. You know what I mean? It's going to be back like but the early point, days, very early days of electricity. But here's the thing. Rudimentary at that point is incredibly high tech. Yeah. Right. But, but it's also going to take a community like, you know, the whole, the whole yeah. adage, it takes a village, right? Like there's a reason that, you know, you seldom do you see long-term like just when you're talking about having power and having other things, it's usually pockets of survivors and pockets of people that have that sort of thing. It's not individuals. So uh, for me, I'm probably screwed because I'm going to be for the most part by myself, you know, with just a select few family members. So probably not going to be very beneficial for us to try to put up a makeshift power grid and whatever we need to do. Right. That's the one benefit we have here is that, most houses, if not all, most houses, I wouldn't say all houses, have solar just because we are in the desert. We We're in the sun. valley of the sun. Yes. Yeah. So most houses have solar power of some kind. Uh, unfortunately, that actually is a deterrent for me because a lot of people won't buy your house. If, if I were to ever sell my house, I can't sell it with solar panels because of the the terms and the rental of the panels and everything like that. You got to 
hefty contract we have to deal with. But I have the small panels and stuff that we use in the battery pack what we use when we go camping. So it's enough. It's not sufficient, but it's enough to get at least something powered. That's right. That's right. Now, Tim out there says, if you wait until it's an emergency to learn how to use your radio, you might as well leave it at home. And he said, most ham high-frequency radios can be modified to cover the CB band. Uh, Calaveras says, I will be installing a CD, GMRS, and ham in my Jeep just in case I get in a bad spot while hunting. Yeah, I, I think that 100% for the Jeep, CB, it's easy to install CD, CB in the Jeep and grab a GMRS or a ham. I mean, I'd go ham probably or GMRS or whatever. Having all three is not going to hurt you, but you can get those those handhelds pretty cheap. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be out there, a CB install in the Jeep, that's, that's, a, that's a great way to go for sure. Um, let's see here. You know, we talked about it a little bit last week, but I mean, we're since we're you know we've hit on the power source thing. Realize yeah. your your vehicles are power sources; they're generators. Absolutely, no matter they are. Of getting that converted is the only the only option. They're the only hurdle. Yep, for sure. Um, to my antennas, uh, Tim says better antennas are important and more power. This is true too. Uh, you know, you can get the stubby antennas, or you can get the ones that fold out to six feet. Obviously, we're talking antennas. Arrays, um, right. Or, or, yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things where, uh, depending on what you want out of it, having access to all sorts of different types of antenna are is going to be important as well. And just think, because you don't want to use them all the time doesn't mean you shouldn't have them, you know? Go ahead. And I think more importantly <laughs> is the, no again, we go back to the knowledge, is understanding why there's various antennas. Correct. Right. Yeah. Why are they square? Why are they? And I think small? that's why, why you want to go so get your license cold. for ham. Whether you know you plan on using it, get your license for ham because all of this is part of what you have to learn to get your license. And understanding all of this will help you. Whether or not you actually ever talk using your license, it, it, you, you have to learn quite a bit, uh, and it's and, pretty interesting. And also important, and Tim, I know Tim may have brought it up out there since he was talking to antennas, but very important to understand, if you do not have a properly built tuned antenna, you can burn up your radio as well. So keep that Oh, yeah, mind. yeah, yeah. Uh, so Scott says you can get hand crank battery chargers. Absolutely. You can get hand crank flashlights still probably somewhere. I think I see them at Walmart still. Uh, the hand crank is, it's a, how do I put this? It's a very short-term thing, but a hand crank generator, hand crank batteries, so, all that, 100% can help in the short term. Absolutely. But, but here's the thing, and, and a lot of folks don't think about this. What if you took uh, one, of like, one of like those sit-down exercise bike things? You know what I'm talking about, right? Sure, yeah. And, and then what if you took the guts, and this is where just people being handy, and you know, I don't know, is handy the word? like mechanically inclined and i hate to say that because that sounds a little more technical but you know what i'm saying um be, being able mm -hmm. to be inventive and, and think outside the box but you know what if you had like one of those and then you had were able to take some of those crank related charging devices and fashion those up to a piece of exercise equipment like that and mm -hmm. then you could essentially sit down and 
pedal, it's going to be, if you gear that properly, you're going to be getting way more revolutions, you know what I mean, mm -hmm. per minute than you would trying to crank the little thing by hand because you're spinning a big wheel and it's, you know what I mean? And then so you're going to be able to charge that faster and probably a lot easier than sitting there having to try to crank it by hand. So um, in a situation where you're having to constantly charge things and power is not available and time is important to you and that sort of thing, yeah. um, long term, I guess we're talking a longer term situation, being able to build something out like that would be would be pretty cool, I think. Yep. Uh, Tim says that uh, he makes his own high frequency antennas. Get an antenna analyzer and tune it yourself. Tuning yep. your radio is like sighting in your rifle before deer season. Absolutely. Uh, Scott says having a hand cranked one for fast charge and a backup battery on solar charge at all times. Yep. You've got your long term uh, slow charge, if you will, versus the, the, the hand crank or whatever that could get something done pretty quickly. Um, yeah, and once again, you know, I'm not saying that you're going to have to go and spend a shit ton of money to get all the stuff. You can. Um, what I suggest is knowing where you are, what's going to work. You know, solar chargers will probably work much better for John than they will me. Not saying they wouldn't work here, but obviously for yeah. Ginger, Having solar chargers and all that is a is obviously a, a much easier way of doing things because he's in the freaking desert. So uh, knowing where you are, knowing what your geographical uh, advantages and disadvantages are for all of these things, to set up a plan, and then once you set up a plan, here's all the stuff, and, and the best way to do it, it sounds weird, um, set a list up. And just think of everything that you could possibly want or need. And it could be pages among pages among pages. And then go through that and say, okay, when it comes down to it, what are the things that I truly need? And you start, you put a one next to those. These are your first tier stuff that you want to start getting as quickly as you can. Your stuff is, man, I don't really need them, but they'd be nice to have. Those are your number twos. And you start down that list of all the number twos. And number threes are just, I want this stuff. Those are your number threes. Whether it's ammo, guns, survival stuff, batteries, radios, food, water, whatever it is, you just make that list. And then you take those number ones. And not into tomorrow, not using your whole paycheck the next time you get paid, but over a few months or a year, you start gathering all of those number ones. And once you get those number ones, then you prioritize your number twos and you start getting those done and those done. And then you get to number threes. And next thing you know, and it's something as simple as, as using this thing is, is like ammo. Okay. If you're getting ready to go and buy, go, go down to your gun shop or to Academy or wherever, and you're going to buy, you know, two boxes or hundred rounds of nine millimeter, right? Buy three. And you take one of those and you put them away. The two that you were going there for, use what you want. Shoot them like you were going to anyways. But buy three and just put one of them over here, out of sight, out of mind. You're going to shoot those two, perfect. Next time you go, instead of buying two, buy three. Instead of buying one, buy two. Instead of four, buy five. And you're always putting one. Next thing you know, damn, I've got a couple thousand rounds of 9 millimeter. I didn't even 
really kind of realize I had. There you go. Uh, you don't have to buy all. You, to, you don't have to go and buy 5,000 rounds of 9mm today to stock up. Buy a little at a time when you can afford it. If you can afford 500 this month, buy 500, and you put that off to the side. Maybe grab a box and keep it out to go to the range and shoot, but you're putting that other back away or whatever. Uh, water, canned foods. I'm not saying go and buy every damn thing of canned food that you can find at Walmart this weekend. I'm saying if you're buying canned soup this winter, buy three instead of two. Put one off to the side. If you're buying SpaghettiOs, buy two instead of one. Put one to the side. It's it's pretty simple how you can quickly add stuff up without even really trying, okay? So I'm not... Uh, Weston says that's what Amazon lists are for. Absolutely. Uh, and I, may I suggest going to the description and using my Amazon link to do that? I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but it, it, Amazon is a great way because you can go onto Amazon and not even if you don't buy it from Amazon, but you can go on to Amazon and make your list. And then as you buy something from somewhere else or whatever, even if you don't buy from Amazon, you buy from somewhere else, you go take that thing off of your Amazon list. And the next thing you know is like, okay, hmm, here's my tier one, my tier two, my tier three priority list. Man, I've got everything on tier one. My tier one's wiped out. Fantastic. Now let's move on to tier two. Now let's move on to tier three or whatever. Um, being being supplied doesn't mean you have to go and spend a ton of money at once. Spend a little bit over time and you can get there. Um, understanding that there are certain things that you must have. There are certain things that you might need and there are things that you want. Three different lists. Three different lists. Uh, Clover, you were going to say something earlier. I saw you take the mute off. Go ahead. Well, first I was laughing because you said you got to prioritize your ones and twos, and I'm thinking, yeah, you really got to do that for sure. I mean, yes, you do. That's a given. <laughs> like, where are you going to go to the bathroom in the apocalypse? Is is that's uh, true. very important. So, um, no, I mean, getting back to it, it, you, you went off. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back around uh, just for a second because one thing we've overlooked, and I've really been looking into it lately, uh, and for a lot of folks that maybe don't get a whole lot of sun. Uh, usually, if you don't get a whole lot of sun, you probably do get some wind. Uh, and oh, some, yeah, of the wind sure. some of the wind turbine stuff nowadays is very mm. affordable and very efficient if you have no. wind, right? Uh, the other thing, and I've run into this, you know, being in IT, the computer business for years and dealing with laptops and other things, uh, that a lot of people don't realize this. And, and I did talk about extra batteries and putting those batteries up and stuff earlier. Yep. Um, rechargeable batteries, folks, uh, for those that don't know, are meant to be used. And if you take a rechargeable battery and you just throw it in a bag or a box for years, when you go to use it, it's probably not going to work. So make That's sure right. that you rotate extra batteries. Get extra batteries. But make sure that you're rotating those out and getting some mm. use out of those, you know, letting juice flow through them and stuff like that. Uh, because that's going to be, that'd be really, really bad to grab that battery out of the box brand new that you bought six years ago and now you really really need it and guess what it don't work yep uh scott says the best thing to carry water in is some balloons or ziploc bags uh i come from a different place and i guess where i live also i'm not worried about water because i've got major water supplies like out my back door Uh, i'm not carrying water with me maybe a bottle i would say i'm going to have a bottle of water with forever remaining people so if i have two people me and my wife probably have two maybe three bottles of water but here's the thing 
I've got a, a crazy huge pond in my backyard. I've got streams in my backyard. I've got a river not too far away. So I'm not carrying water anywhere because water is heavy. And so, if you're going to be bugging out. Now, once again, I'm just saying not to carry any water, but I'm not carrying jugs of water. I'm not carrying bags of water. I'm not carrying, you know, gallons of water. I'm carrying a bottle of water for me, a bottle of water for my wife, whatever. And then I'm going to go find a water supply. But I'm lucky that I live in an area where water is is very abundant. I've got a huge lake, you know, here. I mean, we've, water is not an issue where I am. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say that with water, one thing you need to be mindful of, and especially if we're in a situation where everybody's kind of for themselves and selves and they're, and they're doing what, whatever they want to do, uh, good or bad, that type of thing. We see it happen nowadays, right? So it certainly can happen in a, in a in-world, you know, in-time scenario. But for those that have said, hey, I live on a river or I've got a creek or I've got, you know, something like this, realize that water's coming from somewhere and there could be people upstream and you don't know what they're doing with that. With that. They could be dumping sewage in there. Uh, you know, there's no telling, right? And so you need to be mindful of that. That could also happen if, if you're talking water about water purification like, is a skill that everyone needs yeah, to yeah, use yeah, yeah, the yeah, basic yeah. knowledge of. That's what I'm getting at. You need to be real, real mindful of what's going on. Where's that water coming from and what's happening mm -hmm. to that water before it's gotten, gotten to you. And the same can be true for a lot of reservoirs, right? Yep. Like they dam up rivers. That's how they create them. And so somebody still could be upstream. And the next thing you know, that lake is polluted, you know, or mm -hmm. whatever. So uh, definitely be mindful, <laughs> mindful of that, have the proper equipment, understand how to, you know, how to purify basically your, your water and make sure that it's, it's safe to drink. Yep. And there's a lot of easy ways. There's tablets. Um, there's life straws. There's boiling it. There are so many different ways that you can. And I suggest that you Far get some and, purification tablets. I believe that you should also have a life straw. And I think you should also know, have something, whether um, a tin can or something, something that you can boil water in. There's 10 different ways that you can purify water and, and being proficient in all of them are going to help you possibly go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that for the vast majority of scenarios that you could probably think of, um, the options you're talking about are okay. Um, yeah. but you know, when you're talking about certain bacterias, certain viruses, yeah, if, certain you, if, if you are talking the zombie apocalypse, that's a whole different issue because what yeah, gets in that yeah, water but, supply? Well, or chemical warfare, chemical or fallout warfare, from sure. chemical warfare, right? There yeah, are some yeah. scenarios that, you know, your life straws and your stuff like that, and that's where you're going to have to be really careful and really mindful of that. There are some scenarios where that life straw and, and simple water filtration and stuff is not going to work. And that could even affect groundwater. We haven't even talked about that, but a lot of people oh, have yeah. a well, yeah. and they think, well, I'm getting my water out of the ground. So, you know what? Well, that water's Man, coming that's from not That necessarily isn't safe either. I mean, once again, right. we're talking yeah. the worst yeah. scenarios yeah. that could possibly happen. Everything's out the window. Like, you well, can't assume anything. You yeah. Know? And, and, and if you... If you, if you nerd out on the planet enough, I guess, right, you, you realize all the water that's on the planet is all the water that's ever been on the planet. Like, it never goes away. 
Like we go to the faucet and we pour us a glass of water and we drink that water and then what happens? Our body uses it. We sweat it out. We go to the bathroom. We flush it down the toilet. Somehow it gets back into the earth and eventually, guess what? We drink it out of the faucet again. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Uh, John, uh, you got something I said you took. You went off mute, so obviously you got something yeah. you want to bring up. Uh, I mean, the one thing we didn't touch on with water purification is iodine tablets. Yeah, I said there's there's tablets, there's yeah. different ways, but yeah, absolutely. But you can also get those from fish stores, just so y'all know. You can get iodine tablets, and some of uh, some medication that you wouldn't think of, you can also get from fish stores. Uh, it's a little different dosage, but it's the or, same stuff. Or farm and ranch stores in general, and a lot of yeah. people don't think about that, like Food animal stores, medications. Yep, absolutely. Animal vet medications, I don't know, John, that it's it's necessarily a strength thing. You definitely need to be paying attention to dosage, so that's something to you dosage, probably want to, yeah. to, to research ahead of time. Uh, but that's something typically you're going to control. What I would say that is that could be problematic when you're talking animal medications is they're not regulated the same way. So there's higher level of trace elements a lot of times in animal medications, and depending on the person and how susceptible their body is to certain things or maybe certain ailments that they may have existing ailments they have or, or, al or allergies or yeah. allergies exactly right those trace elements could be really really bad so again it, it kind of goes into researching some of that ahead of time right now we have again tons of information at our fingertips and or our thumb tips on our phone one day when you're bored just look up various animal medications and see what trace elements are in there? What's the dosage they call for for a whatever a eight hundred pound animal of some kind, and then divide that by the typical body weight of a human? You know what I mean? And just play around with with that type of stuff. Yeah, it's weird, uh, but if you ain't got nothing better to do while you're sitting around watching the ball game or you know whatever you're doing, then why not? You've learned something at that point, something that you it may be beneficial later on. I mean, Clover, you brought up books, speaking of which, I mean, Ghost, you probably have one. You got your, your military survival book? Got all of okay. them. Yeah. I mean, they're well worth the investment if you go into, I don't know if Army Surplus Store still, there's not a few, as many around as there used to be. I haven't, I haven't seen them, but you can find them online for sure. Yeah. Um, um, I, I, now the surplus stores that I have are pretty decent, but I don't, I don't remember seeing any of the old textbooks and, and field books and all of that. Not saying they don't, or they don't ever get them, but uh, you can definitely find them online for sure. If nothing else, you can probably find PDF versions of them and download the PDF version of those, of those texts to where you can learn um, different things for sure. They're, they're great. Um, I, I would say that the more you can educate yourself, you know, um, I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to sports stats. That's just how I roll. I've always been able. I can remember that in 1987, Andre Dawson hit 49 home runs for the Chicago Cubs. Why? I don't know. I just remember that. I, I wasn't a Cubs fan. I wasn't a Hawk fan, but I remember that, you know, or whatever those that stat might be, you know. Um, I will say this. If you are that kind of person, like I said, nerd out on some things, nerd out on some of this stuff too, because I am never going to sit there and say I'm a survivalist ever, like never going to remember. I'm never going to be that guy. 
what I will tell you is through my training and experiences, I have better than the basic knowledge of survival skills. As much as I'm not a survivalist guy, I love talking this stuff. And I love learning from other people. I'll watch some other chats and all of that. And it's fun because you're learning. Um, if you enjoy this, the last hour and a half that we've been talking about this stuff, maybe you can go take a survival class. Go take um, all there are sorts all sorts of classes that you can take. Um, you know, we talk about gun firearm training all the time, but man, go go take a survival. You, you know, it sounds crazy. Uh, there are people that do not know. I mean, I don't like to camp out. I know how. I just don't want to do it anymore. My days of camping out are over. But there are people that don't know how to camp out. There are people that can teach you. A lot of the um, park rangers, they'll have free classes on camp safety and how to camp out, how to put a tent up, how to do this. Uh, I tell people all the time, go take. You can call your local EM, EMT or, or, or hospital and most of them will do free first aid classes, free tourniquet and stop the bleed classes, free trauma classes. Um, take those. Have the basic knowledge. Educate yourself in as many useless things that you could possibly do because you never know when that useless skill is going to be useful. And if you enjoy the conversations we've been having the last few weeks, we're going to continue because I... I, I like talking about this stuff. Um, I think it's fun because talking with John and Clover and Chris and Kyle and, and the people out here in the chat, great conversation out in the chat um, that are more into this than I am. They bring up different things. Oh, man, that's a good idea. I never thought about that. Oh, just like Scott says, a good class to take is wilderness emergency medical care. There you go. You know, there's all sorts of stuff that you can go as nerdy into this as you want, but I think that the more you educate yourself in, in different aspects of life, you know, if, if you're going to take firearm training, fantastic. Go take all the classes that you can't afford. Uh, if you're going to talk about taking golf lessons, take as many golf lessons as it takes to be a good golfer. Um, but also, if you think that you might have to survive sometime, Go take some survival skills classes that you can afford and learn how to do all this stuff. The basic knowledge is really all. I mean, you don't need to be an expert. You don't need to be Mike Glover, you know, an expert in this stuff. But having a lot of knowledge on a, a little bit of knowledge on a lot of areas can help you survive. Go ahead, Chloe. I saw you uh, unmute for a second. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, says you learn your basic knots. Hell Yes, learn your basic knots. Man, I, I couldn't forget knots if I wanted to forget knots. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. So first of all, for Chase out there, bite me, man. That was totally uncalled for and mean. What did he say? He said, Clover, Clover Camp's camp the, the oh, wait. <laughs> Well, he might have used to, uh, but yeah, barn I go bye-bye. I could camp where the barn once was, I guess. Um, no, what you're talking about learning things. So, you know, I talked earlier about, you know, there are, Depending on the, the the scenario that we're talking about, how prolonged it is, if it lasts forever, whatever the case may be, right? Um, there's the likelihood that some semblance of what is the what is the word? Some semblance of society will try to reorganize, right? Be that some type of little community or some kind of compound or something like that. Here's the issue with that. 
is that when we're talking about knowledge, um, you're you're no good to that collective group that maybe you're trying to get into with a comment or whatever if you don't have something to offer or something to bring to the table. So if you're some kind of you know, hipster, man bun, CZ carrying soy boy, right? That can't change a flat tire, that don't know anything about water filtration or radios or, or how to hammer a nail or, you know, anything, run a shovel or anything like that. And jump in here, John. I see you laughing. Um, if you don't have anything to offer as far as knowledge, right? Um, nobody's going to let you into their compound. Nobody's going to want to try to start that thing with you. And, you know, I, I've had these, and it's a hard conversation to have, but I've had a conversation before where it's like, okay, well, you, you've got a lot of family land, and you, we could sort of fortify that here, and we could sort of take in some people, right, if we wanted to. But you think for a second we're just going to take in anybody just for any reason? Well, I mean, we've, there's, and I know you guys have seen it. There's a guy on, uh, he does an ad on, on YouTube talking about the forgotten skills of the past. And his big thing is talking about that grounded up dried meat that you can put into bricks. And I can't remember pemmican. what to do. Pemmican. Be, pemmican. Yeah. Him, pemmican. Thank you. Yeah. Um, you there you go. But think about how much knowledge we've lost in the last 60 years because of technology or how many, oh, yeah. how much knowledge we lost in that. And you're not wrong, Clover. I mean, there's people out there that don't know how to change a tire or hammer a nail because it's always call somebody else to come change an it. alternator. I I don't know how to change an alternator. I can do a little bit, but I probably could. But thank God I had Clover. There. But I know. But like in world scenario, if you had tools, you could do. Oh, it. I would have done it easily. But yeah, 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 for sure. But you can. Think, I mean, think about how many people or Ghost brought up camping. How many people do not know how to build a primitive shelter? How many people don't like I used to? How many people don't know how to start a fire with twigs? And I'm not talking about you have to use you know twigs. Even if they have a lighter, fire. yeah. Even if they have a lighter, do they know how to start a campfire? A lot of people don't. It's it's not common knowledge, apparently. You know, microwave popcorn bag works. Real I mean, well. apparently that works great. <laughs> uh, it does. Uh, it did. Yeah. Ball, and, you, and you got the popcorn out of it. You got cotton balls and Vaseline. I mean, it's crazy that the cotton balls and Vaseline will get you oh, dryer uh, wet. Hell yeah! Hand sanitizer is hand sanitizer is great. Cotton balls yep. is amazing. I'd say, and we, and, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago or whenever it was, but this is something that I think people that fall into this category that either don't know shit about camping or have very little experience with camping. Right? Here's the thing. If you've got, and, and I think it'll be a great thing for you. You got your family during the summertime, during the fall, when it's not too cold, not too hot, you know. Uh, right now would be a perfect time. It's going to get a little bit chilly, but this is going to force you to build a fire. Go camping for one night in your backyard. In your backyard. A fenced-in area. If you got a fenced-in area in your backyard, you're controlling the environments. No critters are going to be out, but you're going to set up your tent everyone's going to have their job for camp set up, right? 
and you go through everyone's responsibilities. You, you're going to put the tent up. You're going to go gather the wood. You're going to go gather this. You're going to gather the water, whatever. Your family's got your plan, and you go in your backyard, and you camp out that night. No TV, no cell phones, none of that. You're going to learn how to build a fire. You're going to eat and cook on the fire. You're going to purify your water, all of that stuff for one night. Two things are going to happen. One, it's going to force you to learn those skills. Even if you really don't know them, you're going to figure it out, right? You're going to be able to figure out some skills and let you survive. Two, I think you and your family will be very, very, very surprised at how much fun you can have camping out without the technology and all that. Maybe maybe it's something you guys start doing more times than not. And maybe you become campers. Maybe you start camping out all over the place. But I think that having the ability to go into the backyard and set up a tent, build a fire, collect wood, collect water, cook, eat whatever in that camp, I think is something that everyone should do once a year just to make sure that your skill set is still around. Well, it's Same. also it's a great way to test your equipment. That's how I used to test Absolutely. That's how I learned very quickly that Hey, it's I like, don't oh crap! Have- some some mount some mice got into our tent, and it is no longer a shelter anymore. It is Swiss cheese, you know. Yeah, well, that's how I learned. Like my first backpacking trip, I learned a lot about. Hey, my hammock is not proper for when it gets cold, and you need to set up your hammock properly for when it gets. Depends cold. on what kind of hammock you have. They sell right. hammocks that are great for that, but not not every one of them. No, so I. I switched it up. I know what hammock I need to bring when I've got cold weather. I know if it's warm weather, I can get away with this. Your sleeping bag. Knowing the, the temperature rating on your sleeping bag, what it actually means. Correct. How much actual paracord will you need to set up certain things, to do all the stuff? If you've got one roll, so I think this should be enough for camping out tonight, and you go through that whole roll and you still haven't done all the stuff you need to do, once again, you're testing out. Oh, I, I definitely going to need next time. We're going to need three times as much as this, or um, I need to figure out a different way to build that fire because we got started, but it took us 45 minutes. There's got to be a quicker way to start that fire. All of these things, it's test, it's testing, it's testing, it's testing. Not only your equipment, but uh, uh, testing your abilities, your skills, your knowledge, all of that. It's it's you know, it's what it is. It's 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 a great way. And as much as your kids will freaking hate you to begin with, when you take all their cell phones and say, we're camping out in the backyard, kids, tell your friends you'll see them tomorrow. Uh, no phone, no nothing, no TV. They're going to hate you. But I, probably the next morning, they're probably, you know what, that was kind of, well, they went to a minute, they'll probably, that was kind of fun. You know, that's kind of fun. And next, you know, hey, can I bring Susie or Charlie over next time for the next camp out? No, but you can bring their family over and say, hey, you bring your supplies and we'll have, a bigger camp out and they're going to bring their own skills and their own supplies. And we're going to figure out how to make a community out of this, you know, all sorts of stuff. You can, you can do it if you want to. Um, any other it's, it's an hour 42. So I don't want to go start a whole new subject because man, it just go down. We can go, we can talk about this forever. Is there anything in the chat out there, is anything that we've talked about that you want us to cover or any uh, questions or any statements that 
Uh, you want to make, go ahead. Ginger, Clover, is there anything we're talking about uh, power or camping skills or radios that uh, you thought about earlier and you didn't get a chance to get your points in or, or whatever? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys time to anything we need to bring up and, and talk about what we've talked about tonight. Go ahead. Can you think of anything? I think the, the big takeaway from this is test your skills learn what you don't know and try stuff, try all your equipment out. Yeah. Because there's it, no reason to have this stuff if you're never, ever going to use it, you know? Right. And it, and f all the firearms training in the world does not equal survival training. This and, is true. And knowing your plan and coming up with your plan is going to get, it's always different depending on where you're at and what you yeah. can do. Some gear is going to work better in warmer temperatures. Some gear is going to work better in cold. Some gear is made for warmer temperatures. Some gear is made for cold. What is your gear going to do if it gets wet? Um, what are you going to do if you get wet? There are some people that can handle heat better than they can cold. So how are you going to prepare your body for the heat and the cold? Uh, all of this stuff. Scott says, get your ham license and use it and learn how to use it. I could not agree more with that. Um, uh, Sykes says, I haven't been in a camping situation since I was in the military. Same here because I don't like camping anymore. Uh, that said, I know how and not a problem. Um, you know, um, I think that the, 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 what John said is, Educate yourself in as many things as you can educate yourself. Take as many classes that you can afford, and a lot of these classes are free, especially the medical stuff. You can get free classes, uh, either from the EMTs or the hospitals. Take a survival course. Take a take a, um, a tactical medical training course, also a survival medical training. Learn how to build a fire. Learn how to put shelter up. Learn how to read a map. How to read a compass. Um, I I can't stress enough how to learn how to navigate in this world. Whether it's with a compass, whether it's with a map, whether it's with whatever the sun. Learning how to navigate. Understand that streams lead to creeks. Creeks lead to rivers. Rivers lead to oceans. It's basic. If you find a water source and it's a dried up stream, follow it. It will lead to a creek. If that creek is dried up, follow it. It will lead to a pond or a river. Promise you, somewhere down that line, you will find a water source. Um, be in decent shape. I'm not saying you have to be a decathlete. I'm not saying you have to be a world class. Please be able to walk a mile without killing yourself. I'm not saying run a mile or sprint a mile. Walk a mile. And if you can't walk a mile, then start training. Walk a mile. Because the least amount of walking you're going to have to do in a survival situation is a mile. It may not be much, but it might not be a mile at a time. But you might have to walk a few hundred feet here, a few hundred feet there, a few hundred feet there and back. Now you're talking 600 feet. 
Yeah. You know, being able to walk and, and be in good enough shape to survive because the last thing you want to do is have all the survival knowledge in the world, but you're physically not fit to move because you might as well just give up. Go ahead, Clover. Sorry. I'm glad you brought that up because that is a sore, sore subject for a lot of people. Uh, mm -hmm. I guarantee you there's people out there in the live chat and people out there. Oh, they're pissed at me right now. Sure. That are, you know, they just seen that finger pointed directly at them and they're upset. And, and, and if you feel that way, then I am talking to you. And I'm not doing this being mean. I'm doing this because as I care about you. Do something about it, right? It's the, yeah, it's absolutely. Hand. So I, I think that... <clears throat> I think that, yeah, be moderately healthy, right? You don't have to be, like you said, no. you know, the, the yeah. an athlete in the pinnacle of health. But be moderate health, health moderately healthy. Make um, sure that you're you know, not going to be a, a person that's going to bring other people around you down. You should right. be able to carry yourself and, 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 and handle your own load right. and not have someone else have to handle yeah. your load also. Like, Go ahead, and, sorry. And, and yeah, and when I say be moderately healthy, I mean I'm not talking about people that have, you know, medical complications. That's a totally separate thing. But if you have medical complications 100%. that can be rectified by losing weight, if you have medical complications that can be rectified by change of diet, then make those changes now mm -hmm. because if you're relying on medications and stuff like that for something that you could change now and not have to worry about it, like an in-world scenario hits and you're gone. Like you're yeah. not gonna have to worry about surviving it because you're not. You're gonna, gonna be long. the target. Yeah, that's just the way it is. Gonna, yeah, you're not gonna last very long. So now there are people out there that, unfortunately, and I feel for those people that have legit medical issues that they can't do anything about, and that's gonna suck. Stock up on your medications, right? Learn homeopathic yep. remedies and things that you potentially could use to get by. Uh, but yeah, I agree, absolutely. you don't yeah. have to be, like, I'm not in great shape, right? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not away as much as I used once once did, but I'm not where I would like to be. But at the same day, at the same time, you know, I could go do something like SHOT Show and walk however many, 15 miles in a day or whatever the crap, you right. know, it's not a problem. Yeah. I can get out here in the woods and walk around. Sometimes I do that when I'm talking on the phone and I end up plumb on the other side of the property or some kind of crap, you know, um, yeah. walking. Like I can walk and go and, and it's, it's not that big a deal. I could walk for hours and hours and hours on the end if I needed to. I'm not going to be able to sprint, but I can walk mm. it, you know. Well, and there's um, something to be said about someone that physically – uh, whether it's through medical conditions or whatever, they're, they're not able to move as well as they should. Well, guess what? Uh, if you're in that situation and you're, you have family members that understand those needs, well, guess what? Hey, hey, I'm sorry, but I need for you to go find the wood. I need for you to go find some water. I need for you to do this. What I can do is since I can't move very well, once you bring that wood Guess what my skills are? I can start a fire with the best yep. one. I can cook. I can purify the water. Mm. You guys might be able to do the the physical stuff, but once you get that stuff here, I got it. Like get those skills. Be be part of the solution. Don't be a negative. Don't be someone that is going to bring it down. Just because you might not be able to do A, B, or C, you might be able to do D, E, and F really well. All right force yourself to become a, an asset in some way shape or form right um because the person that is not an asset and is a liability i hate to say it but you're the ones who are going to go first that's just the way it is because eventually you're going to become a liability on the on the pack 
and the pack figures out a way to get rid of liabilities. It is what it is. Uh, so don't be a liability. Uh, everyone has it in them to find something they can become very, very good at in that situation. And as long as you're a, an asset to the pack, then the pack will take care of the rest, right? Everyone's going to have something they can do well. Um, it is what it is. Um, Scott says, if it is not an end of the world situation, the best thing you can do is if you think you are lost to stay put so we can find you. Uh, yeah, and, and there are different ways to be found. Once again, having the ability to start a fire is so important for multiple reasons. One, it can keep you warm. you got to have heat to keep your body temperature up. You will die much quicker of hypothermia than you will of being too hot. Okay? So, Just saying. Yeah. So having heat, a fire can keep you warm. A fire can cook food, can 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 purify water for you. What else can it do? Smoke. It can be a freaking signal light and for smoke. someone to find you. It's light and it's smoke. If you are in the pitch black mountainside of Colorado and you can build a fire, I don't think people understand how far you can see the light from that fire. We're talking miles so if you're able to build a fire, it's not just to get warm and to eat. It could literally save your life. People can find that fire. Uh, go ahead. Especially with, especially with thermal tech nowadays, right? Hell you know, yeah, they can. Back to the pole <laughs> earlier. But sure. you know, another thing, too, not just the light from the fire visibly seeing the smoke, but the smell of the smoke. How far away if you know so-and-so's lost and it's like, oh, hold on a minute. I smell smoke. And yep. then you start looking for the smoke or looking for the fire because you've smelled it in miles and yep. miles and miles away, right? Um, yep. It was something that I was going to bring up when we got off on uh, got off on this. What was it? Crap. We were before this. We were talking about having skills that can you know be an asset to the pack or whatever. I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not. Yeah, it it definitely did, but I can't remember now. Maybe I'll think of it before we get off. It's all good. Yep. Okay. Well, well, just um, just knowing to hop on with Scott and what you said, just knowing the international signs for uh, you're in trouble is also a good thing. Know SOS. how to know how to do yeah. the SOS if you're hunting. Know that three shots means that you're in trouble. Correct. I mean, know um, these things. You know, there are different languages out there that are not necessarily spoken languages learn uh different sounds that mean i'm not going to say them out there uh but there are sounds there is a way to knock on wood sos there is a way to show a light of sos there are different things and ways that you can communicate without talking to someone right um yeah, I think it's very important. Once again, we're talking we're talking a lot of stuff here. And, and you know what? For the person that's never even thought about surviving whatever they're trying to survive, it can be overwhelming. Absolutely, it can be overwhelming. What I suggest is once a month, make, make a New Year's resolution staying starting January. Once a month, I'm going to learn a new skill, whether that's how to build a fire, whether it's how to put a tent up, whether it's how to purify water, how, how learning how to fish from uh, a string and a stick, 
whatever that is, you learn a new skill, a, a survival skill, if you will. I'm going I'm to go to a trauma class and learn how to stop the bleed. I'm going to all of this stuff. Every month, you're going to learn a new skill. Well, guess what? In a year, you've learned 12 skills. And those skills, and then you learn 12 more than next year. You know, just think about having zero skills right now in November of 2023. In a year from now, we might have a discussion. You come on and say, you know what? I did the one skill a month, and now I know how to do things that I never thought I would learn how to do. I learned how to build a fire out of Vaseline and, and cotton balls and twigs. I learned how to purify water with a life straw or iodine tablets or boiling it or whatever it may be. I learned how to figure out different ways of using a tarp. Oh, well, did you know you could use tarp for shelter and for, for collection of water or to carrying logs up to a mile for your fire? Like utilizing all the things. Man, I learned how to use a tourniquet this year. Those are 12 skills in a year are going to change your life. Whether or not you ever have to use them or not, you never know. But if you learn a new skill every month for a year, you're going to be an asset when it comes down to this time. Uh, I'm going to give John, we'll bring you in real quick. And, and if you have anything that you want to bring up and touch on, we've talked about tonight, uh, go ahead and do that now. I also want to give you a couple minutes for talk about GOA and, and all that and all you guys are doing and, and, and what projects you're working on. So, but first of all, good to see you back. I know you've been crazy busy. It's good to have you back, bro. Um, and thanks for the discussion. It was a great talk tonight. It really was. No, I think this was a great talk. And just to piggyback off of you, I mean, like you said, just go learn. Uh, take some time, be it, be it a YouTube video, be it a, a ton of stuff. It, it's good to learn some a new skill uh, and learn, you know, just learn something new all the time. Um, so for me, you know, uh, I've got the podcast, so stay the second. Tomorrow's episode is with your handsome face or maybe not. I wouldn't uh, go that far. My I face, that I would far. definitely not call it that way. Yes, yes, but, yes. Uh, this episode, I'm going to say top three, one of the best episodes we've done so far. Uh, the conversation was great. It was really good back and forth discussion. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I think that uh, it'll come across great. So find that on the Gun Owners of America YouTube page tomorrow or on all the uh, podcasting apps. Stay the second. Uh, we have officially... Uh, Join the firearms radio network as well, so that should we should start seeing those. You know, someone over there, like, I mean, I might know there? like um, man, you, you know, someone over there, I yeah. might know somebody <laughs> over there. Um, yeah, for us, you know, we're fighting the battles daily. Um, uh, we've got shot show coming up, like everybody else, there is supposed to be a big announcement here soon. Uh, Can you give us a good or bad? Obviously, if if it's if if it's a uh, comments period, it's probably not good. So we have the comment period coming up. Uh, that is, it's going to be big. You'll see us. Uh, Kaylee and I are going to do some media for that, so you'll see that coming up very you, soon. You know, a timetable that people can be looking on. Is it next very, week or two next weeks? Couple, or? Next couple of weeks. Um, okay. All right. So be out there be, looking for the ATF comment periods. Yeah, um, okay. So we've got that. Um, there's something else big coming from the GOA coming for next year. 
Um, so, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Um, so we are finalizing that oh, as nice. we speak. We will so it's also be a go. Sounds like it. We've got the, it sounds like we're going to be a go for that. Um, nice. We've got nice. also our just so I know we're way out, but uh, if you are in Texas and you are a female, we do have our uh, Women's Day at the Range coming up in Texas. I believe it. Where is do you know where? Dallas. I want to say it's in Dallas okay. area. And that's is that going to be on the GOA day. website? I'm assuming it'll be on the GOA website. They're going to make announcements. Gunowners.org, guys. Gunowners.org. And then on top of that, you know, uh, we filmed last week seven more episodes of the podcast, including a really good one with Amy Langdon from Langdon Tactical. We had Rapid Fire Rachel on, which was another great one. That was uh, a good and, one. And we sat down with Jamin, the owner. I I am looking forward to that. Uh, yeah. You and I talked about that. I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. That one's going to be really good. And then as well as um, we talked to Greg from 2A Commerce and Mike from CMMG. So those are going to be some of the episodes coming up later. As well as we filmed our Thanksgiving special, which will be coming out next week with all. So it's going to be me, Kaylee, Tiffany from One in the Chamber, and Ben. And we are having a GOA family thanksgiving which you will laugh at that is all jokes and fun so uh yeah. just keep an eye on the GOA page uh gun owners of america go follow stay the second on instagram and so scott has a question out there yeah. for for the goa uh but he doesn't know he doesn't want to put it in the yeah. chat so uh i don't know if you want to give yours so, since he probably knows who you are from this from this uh, podcast uh, do you want to give him a way that he can get a hold of you uh, to ask a GOA question? Yeah, he can either, if it's a general GOA question, he can contact the, there is a phone number and email on the website, uh, gunarders.org. If it's specifically to me or something that I can answer, you can find my uh, Instagram page. It's uh, johnfon10 on Instagram. You can find me there and uh, send me a DM. If I don't get back to you tonight, it's probably because I'm, run around but uh you can ask me there or if it's if it is a goa specific question about membership and everything like that uh i would recommend contacting uh goa proper there's a phone number that you can call and an email on our website there you go uh yeah uh, thanks for coming back on this it's nice seeing you i know you've been crazy busy the last few weeks uh but that's a good thing because not only have you been busy but the court systems have been busy the last few weeks as well. So there's a lot of good news coming from the court cases, a lot of stays, a lot of positive things uh, coming down the line, possibly. Um, and, and I know this people say, well, this is the assault weapons ban in California is going to get appealed. It is going to get appealed. But guess where it's going to get appealed to? Finally. It's going to get appealed to SCOTUS where it should be. And that's going to be the final of it. It's 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 one of those things where, um, yeah, it's been busy. It's been a busy court uh, cases going on, and there's yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Go ahead. You, yeah. you can see that they're already trying to get ready for that. We just saw, uh, I believe it's Seventh Circuit, which is Illinois. Correct. Do do their uh, AR-15s aren't in common use rulings, which is outrageous. So. They're getting ready. They're the court. It's got to get to SCOTUS. It's got to go there. That's the that's going to be the final ruling on it between uh, St. Benitas and 
the seventh circuit, there's going to be a, a battle ahead of us. So uh, if you feel like joining us in this battle, uh, gunowners.org, like I said, and like Go said, I've been crazy busy. I've racked up 10,000 miles on uh, American Airlines in the last few weeks. So not a bad thing. No. Uh, even if you don't feel like joining the GO way, um, it's it's like twenty five bucks or something like that. It's nothing, you know. Um, but if even if you don't feel like joining the GOA, the GOA is still a really good resource out there. Um, if you want to be able to know, we, we you hear us talk about, especially with comment periods coming up, possibly uh, contact your congressman, contact your senators, and all that. Well, guess what? The GOA's got. They've got some templates over there that can show you how to send an email or a letter to your congressman or senators if you've never done that before. So uh, just go to the gunowners.org, look around. If you like what you like, give them 25 bucks and uh, and all that jazz. But, uh, yeah, John, John, thanks for coming on. Uh, I look forward to hearing some of the hateful comments that people will be making about our, our podcast starting tomorrow because I'm sure they're coming. Uh, but no, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, Clove, um, if you what? were to do something, uh, what would some of those be? Like, do you have any projects coming up? Now that the podcast season's over with, are you just going to right. hibernate until SHOT Show or what? Yeah, pr- pretty much. Like, screw it. I don't, I don't do much. Not unless somebody pays me a whole bunch of money, then I'll do it. But other than that... Unless he's at a house that has 17,000 different items that might be on Amazon, then... We won't oh, see him for three days. We'll make a we'll make a killing out of that. That was some expensive <laughs> stuff there. But um, no, you're right. The late twenty three podcast season is over. So, but they can still find see. that, can they not? They can still find yeah. on YouTube and on podcast form. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was fixing to say. Is I, it's uh, you know I'm excited to see what we pull together for early twenty four, which won't happen until after Shot Show. But uh, until then, uh, there's a lot of good stuff to catch up on. There was several really good episodes this last season for sure. It was, um, yeah. So yeah, you can go just go to CloverTac.com and uh, the late twenty three season is all linked up there, or you can check it out on the channel or any podcast platform or wherever and get caught up. Uh, dropped a uh, another video with the Avidity Arms PD-10 earlier today. And I say another video, it was basically uh, just called up uh, Rob and, you know, I had some questions about the designs. You know, there were some things I, I didn't care for about the PD-10. And, you know, I just wanted his insight on why was it designed that way, you know, or whatever. And so I uh, was able to get a hold of him. You know how difficult that can be sometimes. So that yeah. was awesome to be able to get a hold of him for, I don't know, however long that video is, you know, maybe 15 minutes or so, and get him to uh, uh, get him to talk about it. It's not hard to get him now, to talk. Now, I will say this. Once you get a hold of him, getting yeah, him to stop uh, talking is harder than getting him a, to it's talk. It's a problem. Yeah, this is true. Pinkus loves uh, himself some Pinkus, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But uh, but no, I mean thanks to definitely thanks to Rob for for that and that that video dropped today, so you'll learn a little bit about why things are designed the way they are, uh, and then um, yeah, now that the podcast season is over, man, there's so much stuff on the board on the schedule ready to you know, know, right? get those get those videos done and I'm stressing you know, thinking out just about, thinking of stuff I got to get done the next six weeks you know, I know. Like, oh well for those that that might be listening to this or, or watching this and are, are regulars to watching videos over on the channel I don't know that the formats aren't going to kind of change just a little bit I'm I'm 
thinking about switching some things up with, you know, maybe getting somebody to be a cameraman for me and helping with that aspect or, you know, maybe uh, a little more B-roll and voiceover type stuff rather than, you know, actually sitting out on the range and talking about things and or, you know, out in the woods and talking about things. So uh, we'll see. People we'll like watching out. people shoot guns, just saying, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I do, but while I'm talking about it, a lot of times it's there's, you know, it's me talking about it, holding it, and showing things, and that may be better served by just doing some B-roll type stuff. You know, I, I don't know. We'll, yeah. we'll see. Well, and that's what we talk about all the time with other people. Is like, hey, you know, you've got to be willing to try a lot of different things. Experiment, play around. Experiment. Yeah. That's part of the fun, yeah. though, right? It's part of yeah. the fun of being a creator. Is being creative that's why you're called creators you know yeah yeah so we're going to play around with a, a few different things and kind of see nice. how how that works out over the next few videos nice um here in the next month clover and i will be announcing uh, a project that um will be happening at shot show we're not quite ready to announce it yet but we will in the next month or so oh, but i will say this we did a test on some equipment yep. for yeah, such project and that equipment works awesome so yeah, yeah. and that good. that fiasco is the only way you can describe that is on the ghost and clover <laughs> podcast channel, channel. Still. We, yeah we have not taken it down we took it down on our own channels but we did not take it down over there so if you while it's still up if you want to go check out that fiasco used that we used the new equipment to do yeah, the ghost and clover, uh, just search ghost and clover, it's just ghost and clover. And you're there. Up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you'll be able to find it, but it was, it was a fun thing. It just was, it was such a, train was, we, were at, we were at, we were we rented a house, um, where we were this weekend and got some friends and we just went live for a little while and it was an absolute, um, crap shoot whether it was going to turn out or well but i think people had fun and that's what it's all about ultimately right it's having fun and doing what you love to do so Definitely. yeah thanks for coming on buddy it was good seeing you again this weekend and uh you know look forward to seeing you and john here in, in a couple months and yeah. um all that stuff but yeah as far as us man we got we got uh i'm looking forward to i i, I the, in the last couple of months i've been able to scratch some stuff off the old whiteboard which is amazing for me to do still got a bunch of stuff i got more crap coming not crap like in bad stuff but just in general i got more stuff coming a couple things that i am crazy excited about that might shake the foundation of this channel um just might shake the foundation of this channel um it could be some surprise um and all of that but no um looking forward to getting doing some videos done thanks for john thanks for clover for coming by thanks for everyone in the live chat guys man it was a great chat thanks to all the people was giving their ideas and there's a lot of people that are knowledgeable in a lot of this stuff and uh if you're not watching this live on tuesday nights at seven central and you're watching this to replay or listening to podcasts think about coming and joining the live chat there's a lot of now, not just the people here on the panel, but in the chat, there's a lot of knowledgeable people and great conversation going back and forth between everybody. So keep that up. Thank you so much. Uh, get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Stay in tune with what's going on local, state, and federal 
with all the two-way legislation and make sure that your elected elected representatives are doing their jobs. If they're not, guess what? 2024 is an election year. Let's get them out and find someone that will do what you need them to do. More importantly, just enjoy your freedoms of being an American, one of which is to keep and bear arms. We'll see you next week Her early. If we, for some reason, we don't make it next week because of things, happy Thanksgiving, but a happy early Thanksgiving, everybody. And we'll see you soon. Simplify. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this one and want to check out some of our other podcasts, we invite you to check out the Jarhead podcast, the Ghost and Clover podcast, and the Speed Limit 155 podcast. We also like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. If you're into the firearm world and the lifestyle of, of the firearm community, go check that out. And obviously, go check out our website, ghosttactical.us, to check out all of our projects, our swag, our stores, and our discount codes. Once again, thanks for always supporting the podcast, and we'll see you soon. Simplify.